Hey, it's me, Mac Monroe, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders. Attention, business owners, CEOs, and HR professionals. Do you have managers who lack the basic skills to be a great boss? Better contact Mac. Your manager's afraid to address performance issues with employees? Better contact Mac. Managers unable to complete the most rudimentary processes as a boss? Better contact Mac. You're pulling your hair out, wishing your managers would simply step up and do their job? Better contact Mac. Here at Boss Builders, we provide the basic skills every manager needs to be a great boss. We do this in three ways. First, our team of skilled professionals facilitate our signature workshop, Driving Results. This four-day program, offered in whatever time chunks you need, gives participants the basic skills to fix systems and processes, develop employees, and protect your house. We also offer our popular video-based Boss Builder Academy, which allows your managers to have basic skills training delivered to them in short, effective how-to videos, which are supplemented by our monthly roundtable sessions. Finally, we offer our driving results curriculum to organizations that want to license it and deliver it using their own in-house trainers. For more information on how we can help you improve the quality of your managers, better contact Mac. You can do that at bettercontactmac.com or reach us by phone at 931 921-2988. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you who have been in the role for a while and are struggling, and even those of you, especially today, who are thinking about making that transition to management. As the new supervisor, as the new boss, you will find that you are overwhelmed from the very beginning. So how do you survive that transition? Fortunately, our guest today is an expert at helping supervisors survive their new promotion to be in the boss. We're going to be talking to Kayla Curry. Kayla is the CEO of Organization Impact. They're a company right here near where I live in Nashville. I've known Kayla for a while now, and she is really, really somebody who's going to give you some tips. The best part about Kayla's interview is that she not only tells you what the whole role is going to look like, She gives you a step-by-step approach to surviving those first 30 days in the role, the next 30 after that, and the final 30 after that, which if you make it past that, there's a good chance you're going to be asked to stay. If you fail, you're probably gone. Kayla's going to give us some tips on how to survive those first 90 days, who are the most important people that you need to build a relationship with, how do you actually build those relationships, and in the end, how do you know that you've been successful? We have a great conversation on tap for you. So with no further delay, let's meet our guest, Kayla Curry. Kayla Curry, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mac. It's great to be with you today. Well, I'm really glad we could do this. Uh, We ran into each other, I guess it was about three years ago. We were at a local MT Sherm meeting. I think it was in Wilson County. And I happened to see you in the little breakfast room. And we made the comment about breakfast at the Hampton Inn. And because then we figured out that both of us did the same thing. We traveled all over and we stayed in a lot of Hampton Inns. And so we knew the breakfast menu pretty well. And then since then, we've just periodically bumped into each other. 
But I wanted to have you on the show today because I think your audience you deal with is very similar to mine. And so some of the questions are going to be the kinds of things that I get asked. And I wanted to hear a different perspective. And so before I get into those questions, uh, please take some time and tell us a little bit about yourself, your company, and what you do. I would love to, Mac. Um, I get tickled when you when you talk about how we met. It is a Hampton Inn connection, and I don't know what that says about when you know the menu that well, and you know some of the folks that work there by name. Um, I wonder, do we know it too well? <laughs> I think <laughs> that's it. And, well, like I said when we were talking earlier, you know, when you get home off a road trip and your dogs bark at you, you know you've been on the road too long. You so. are not kidding. <laughs> Uh, but I know you're. I know we share a similar perspective. We love what we do, and and uh, to that end, you know, organization impact. Uh, we've been around for twelve years, um, and we we really have a, a just our our heart's desire is to help small and, and medium sized businesses. Those those companies that don't have the access to the corporate resources like the larger companies do, uh, but yet they have the same needs of taking care of their customers and taking care of their employees um, through through skill development, whether that's what new leaders need, whether it's what seasoned leaders face when they plateau, um, or just that overall culture of developing a strong company that can sustain. And that that's really our heartbeat. Um, for me, I'm a an organization development slash slash HR practitioner, and that's been really my my focus since college and in grad school. Um, you know, it's interesting when you start seeing, regardless of the type of business that you're in, businesses having the same types of issues, and it and it typically comes down to communication and leadership and and perceptions. That I knew this is this is what I want to do. I want to help those businesses. And so um, I'm tickled to have the opportunity to do what I absolutely love. Um, I'm, I make my home in in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Um, I'm married to an awesome guy named Arthur, and we have four just incredible kids, wonderful human beings. And so it, it's fun to navigate uh, life with them as well as life with our clients. So that's a little bit about me. Well, that's great. Well, you mentioned, so three things, so uh, perspective, leadership, and communication. Those are three common issues that you find in organizations. The communication, the leadership, I, those, I've, I've heard those from lots of folks. Tell me a little bit about perspective. I will. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, regardless of, of what hat someone wears in an organization. So I could be the housekeeper in a hotel. I could be the front desk manager. Or I could be the GM of that hotel. Um, the hat that we wear really, really has a, a tendency to filter our perspective on the greatest needs inside the organization at that given time. Um, the, the perception of how people feel about various issues, whether it's the level of service being provided or the level of support that someone needs. And I know today we're going to talk about, you know, some of the challenges of a new supervisor. And I think the perspective for that individual, um, depending on how they enter into the organization, has a lot to do, that perspective begins to impact where they place priority, which means where they place their time and focus. And it's, I think it's really important to think through that perspective to make sure are we are we looking at issues um, from the right angle for what this situation may call for at a time? It impacts how we communicate um, our thoughts, where where we feel we should place focus, and uh, all perspectives are equal in many ways. They're valid to that individual, but it's important to remember 
um, in any given situation, there are multiple perspectives that are impacting it. Oh, that's great. I hadn't looked at it like, well, I haven't seen it from that perspective before. So thank you for sharing that. That's great. Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about the the new supervisor, someone who just got a new hat. Now they're the supervisor. From your perspective, what is the biggest challenge they face? Well, you know, I think, Mac, we've got to look at it. We've got to step back a little bit and think about how did that new supervisor join the team? Were they promoted from within or did they join from the outside? Because depending on their their mode of entry into the organization, I think it impacts the challenge. Um, interestingly to me, what I've, what I've seen in, in a lot of our client experiences, the challenges are the same, whether someone is promoted from within or they join from the outside, but they're experienced very differently based on that promotion source. And so, for example, both both new supervisors, whether they're promoted from within or they join externally, they're evaluated by the new organization based on, we talked about those perceptions, based on the perceived competence or character of those individuals. And so I'll, I'll explain a bit. You know, if, if someone is promoted from within, you know, their, their early success in many ways, I believe, is based on the reputation um, their, their reputation on the team as that individual contributor. So what were you like as my peer before you ever became and, and assumed a position of power inside the organization? And, and so it's, it's, you know, yesterday we were having lunch. I was one of you. <laughs> we were, we were buddies. We were, we were coworkers. Today I'm your boss. Or today I'm someone's boss inside the organization, but I came from within the organization. It, it, it changes in many ways the perception of that new person. And I believe it changes the perception of those that are now being led. Um, and so I think that the two challenges really come into play. Um, the team is going to be assessing their competence in this new role. And I think in many ways they do it by comparison. They, they think about, you know, when you were my coworker, were you accountable? Um, how well did you did you get along with others? You know, were you a supportive team player or were you always out to win for yourself? Um, did you have a concern for others? You know, were you engaged? Um, to what degree, you know, were they considered a, a subject matter expert or were they, you know, were they, they really um, pursuing excellence in all that they did? And there's a challenge for that new leader to to transition that competence as an individual contributor to competence into a newly assigned role, particularly when it's the first time they've ever been in that type of role. Um, and then the other side of that is their character. So as my coworker, were you trustworthy? Were you dependable? Did you follow through? Did I, you know, did, did, did you have uh, approachability? All of those things that are so very vital for someone in a leadership role they are, they're being, you know, they're being assessed in that in so many ways. And so for that individual promoted from within, I think their greatest challenge is making that transition from, you know, yesterday I was one of you and today I'm one of them. I'm one of management. So, so they're, they're being evaluated on, on making that leap. And so their competence is going to be, going to be reviewed and looked at as well as the way that they interact or their character. And, um, and that that's 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 significant, you know, for someone. You you're playing by different rules at that point, and it's a different set of expectations for the new leader. Yet they're navigating, managing these relationships that they had as a peer that are very different. 
they, they change as they become a leader. Um, if someone joins from the outside, they face those same challenges, I believe, of, you know, looking at someone's competence or they're looking at their character. The difference is they're an unknown entity to the organization. Um, you know, if, if I'm promoted from within, everyone at least knows me um, and they, they know a bit about me. But for that that person that joins the organization from the outside, uh, the team begins to size them up fairly quickly based on their level of perceived expertise. So you, you came from a different company. Maybe they were a competitor. Maybe it was from a different industry. And so so they're, they're being looked at of what do you know about us? What do you know about our products, about our services? So, so they're being assessed on their competence in a in bit of a different way. They're also being assessed on their character. And in, in many instances, I find for, for a new supervisor that joins from the outside, they're being compared to their predecessor in many ways. So, you know, I used to report to Joe and Joe was kind of a hands-off kind of guy. He let me do my own thing. And what are you going to be like? as my new supervisor, are you hands-on? Are you, you know, do you like to lead with autonomy for your team? Um, Are you connecting with us? Do you care? How are you following up with us and how are you interacting? It's all, you know, I I put that in kind of a character bucket because it's, it's all of that interaction component. Um, And so I think for, for that person that joins the organization as a new supervisor from the outside, their greatest challenge is that they've got to prove themselves. Um, You know, the team is continually doing that comparison game um, and they want to know, you know, how different or similar are you to what I've been used to? Uh, Can you help me achieve my goals? Can I trust you? Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of questioning. And so, uh, you know, for, for a new supervisor, it, it's so, it's such a wonderful opportunity. But, but those, those are some hurdles in, or, or goals. Maybe we want to look at it in our languaging. Maybe it's not a hurdle, but it's a goal that I think that's really important for them to think through of, of how are other people observing me and watching me. And those are, those are really important to keep in mind. Well, I love that because what I find is that most people get promoted and they don't really even know it's coming. They may get <laughs> exactly. a hint when they, they may get a hint when somebody who's in the role gets fired or they're not doing well. But it sounds to me like if you knew that, hey, a year from now, I really want to pursue this, you would really have some prep work to do right now to not only be able to start developing the competence, but also what are those character traits that people are going to expect. So that's, that's very powerful, Kayla. I appreciate you saying that. Well, absolutely. Part of our audience, a part of our audience is that they are thinking about becoming a supervisor. So I think it's very useful for them. It's an interesting, it's an interesting mindset to start, to start thinking about, you know, I have, I have a, a I say a lot of fun when, when we're working with our clients, particularly in a, in a leadership say a, a training environment, you know, I'll say by show of hands, raise your, raise your hand. How many of you went through a thorough development process before you were ever given that, that title of supervisor or manager? And in very, you know, inevitably very few hands go up. It, it's often an automatic process. Like you described, someone leaves. And so the decision is made of, well, let's, let's take Joe, you know, he's, he's one of our accountants. He's been doing a great job. Let's make him manager of accounting, um, which is a great opportunity for Joe. But in reality, it's a different skill set need um, when you when you go from being a part of the team to leading the team. 
and and uh, rarely, you know, rarely do I find it out there where folks say, "Oh, this this has been a process to get me ready for this day," um, which explains a lot of the challenges I think that new supervisors sometimes face because of that. No, that's very true. Again, you oftentimes don't have any warning that we're going to lose this person, so it's sort of next person up. That's great. That's absolutely right. All right, so I'm now the newly promoted supervisor. I'm new to the role. I'm crossing my fingers that my direct reports see me as both competent and a person of good character. What should be the greatest priorities that I now have? It's a great question, Mac. Um, I I look at, you know, we talked about the challenges, those, those realistic challenges. And so there, there's a transition that occurs. That's not a light switch moment, I believe, for, for our new supervisors. It takes time for for that that newness to wear off where they begin to find their routine and to begin begin to find that sweet spot while they continue to be on this learning curve. Um, and so when, we, when I think about the greatest priorities for a new supervisor, I like to break them down into 30, 60, and 90 day timeframes. 30 days at a time, four weeks at a time. You know, where 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 should I place maybe I'm, I'm doing lots of things during that time frame, but where do I need to put some special emphasis? And and I think right out of the gate in, the, in those first 30 days, it's important to connect with your immediate leader, whomever he or she may be, to find out what are your expected deliverables? What does success look like for, for the team? What does success look like in that role? Um, what, you know, what what are they looking for from you? And, you know, for some organizations, the pace can be quite fast. And so it's, you know, learn, learn as you go. And, and we, we use an analogy sometimes of you're changing the wheels on the bus while the bus is going down the road. It's fast. So it's really important to understand what, what are those key deliverables? And then, and, and that, you know, that, that's not going to be, you know, completely buttoned up in 30 days um, where you've got probably a very clear understanding of everything that needs to happen inside the organization. But, you know, what your critical success factors are right out of the gate. The other thing that I think is important in that 30, 60, 90 day, 90 day time frame is, is being very intentional on getting to know your team and their capabilities. Um, I love, um, I love hearing stories from new managers that have, have thought about that element of the job. It's the touchy feely stuff we sometimes describe, but, but in those, in those first 30 and 60 days, taking time to sit down one-on-one with everyone on the team, if at all practically possible, and just get to know them. Learn a little bit about their history with the team. Learn a bit about where they feel their strengths are, what's their greatest challenge, and in creating that great opportunity to say, and what's your greatest need from me? What would success look like for you, um, at, for me as your leader with you? And, and it's a connection moment that 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 truly does pay dividends. Um, so it begins to help that leader begin to tap in a bit to understand where the team's capabilities are, a bit of its personality. Um, no doubt, um, red flags will pop out during that time, but they they have an opportunity in a non-threatening way to really create that connection with their team. And then I think thirdly, um, the biggest priority in that 30, 60, 90 days is creating connections with your peers. Um, and and what that means is is finding out you know, what are, what are all of the, you know, we sometimes call them the dependencies. How does work flow inside this organization? So as a peer, who are my, who are my biggest customers on the team? Um, and then 
And then who, who am I relying on? And so connecting with them to understand, you know, what are some of the biggest issues facing our organization or our division? Uh, what are, what do you believe are our greatest opportunities? Um, and beginning to establish that connection pattern with peers on a one-on-one level. You know, a new supervisor will, will gain that in a group setting typically inside an organization because staff meetings are held or the boss will call, you know, all of the leaders together for a quick update. And, and that's, that's collective information. That's group time. That does not establish one-on-one relationships with the peers. And, and what begins to happen in some of those one-on-one conversations is they begin to understand some of the nuances, some of those unspoken rules um, and norms of this is, this is kind of how we do things here. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful insight for a new supervisor because they're beginning to learn kind of the lay of the land. Um, and they're doing that through developing relationships upward by establishing expectations and, and deliverables from their leader. They're creating those connections with their team because that's how the work's going to get done. And they're connecting with their peers because that's where their support system is going to come from. And, and what I love is, you know, we, we use this 30, this 30 day um, mindset uh, with a lot of our clients to say, imagine what if, if, if you have a 30 day focus um, as a leader, you're, you're doing lots and lots of things, but you've got, you've got some specific thing that you're really focusing on um, every 30 days. At the end of a year, you have expanded in some way 12 fold. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of our, our new supervisors get caught in this fire hydrant uh, environment where so many things are coming at them that they have to be able to sift through in their mind to say, here's what I'm focusing on. And so those priorities over those first 90 days in the job is a connection to your leader and begin that intentional focus of one-on-one connections with your team and developing relationships with your peers. Um, it's the support system that it, that is truly, in my opinion, needed for success. And now we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hey, boss builders, feeling a little stressed? Want to become more mindful? Need more life mastery tools to fuel your life? Check out the Master Your Mind Business and Life podcast with Lauren Smith. This podcast will help you push past boundaries, shift your mindset, implement profitable strategies, and begin living with intention. Master Your Mind Business and Life is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular podcast apps. Tune in and turn it up. I love that. My background, of course, you know, is I did 15 years in the Navy. And I remember anytime we would get a new supervisor, it was predictable. You either had somebody who was going to come in and be a hard ass right from the beginning or someone (laughs) who wanted to be your friend. And if you knew them from a previous duty station, you already had your mind made up about them. But I don't ever recall, and even when I became a supervisor, being deliberate in that process like you suggested. Let's talk to our boss first and find out what the priorities are. Let's meet with our team one-on-one and find out what's important to them. Let's take a look at our peers, your support system. So this, I love this formula, and I'm so glad that my audience gets to hear it from you because this is your key to success. Now, starting out in this, this is going to be a three-part question for you, Kayla. You, you told us who we have to talk to. What are some tips that you would suggest for us getting started in kind of forging those partnerships? That's a great question. And, you know, I think it's interesting. That question really does dovetail on what we just talked about of, of clear expectation, connection with your team, 
and building that support system with your peers. So I think important tips for each one of those levels. If we were to start, let's say, with our boss, let's, let's you know, I, I joke sometimes with our, <laughs> with our, with our team and, and with our, our clients, if you don't get any relationship right, get the one with your boss right. <laughs> you know, don't start your day and start your weeks being an irritant to, to the key influencer for you. Um, and so if we were to start with some tips on 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 connecting with that boss, I think it's really important you you tap in um, to understand what his or her priorities are. What what are the biggest items on their list right now, and how can my team help you do that? Um, and so it, it's because no doubt whatever is on your boss's mind um, is is going to dominate them in in some way. It's where they're going to place their emphasis. And so there's a, a hidden strategy. There's a hidden benefit, if you will, that I think comes out from that. And it's when when a when a manager hears that they're that someone on their team is concerned about what's on their plate, it shows a level of strategic thinking, and it shows a level of support that says, "How can my team help that?" Um, because it, it helps that new manager very quickly learn uh, what's on their boss's mind. So finding out what those priorities, I think, are, are critical. The second thing is finding out um, from, the, from your leader's perspective, how do they prefer interaction, updates, communication, et cetera, from you? You know, we do a lot of work in, you know, emotional intelligence and self-awareness. And, you know, everyone's got a style. Everyone's got a way that, that they like to function and flow. And, and quite frankly, it typically works for them. And so that's, that's why that style typically continues. Um, but everyone's different. So you may find as a new supervisor that your success prior to getting into a, into a leadership role has been because you, you are so great at the details and you're so great getting into the weeds to fix things. But when you move into a leadership role, that perspective often has to change a bit. We have to get much more bigger picture in our thinking. Um, and, and I think that's so critical when we start talking to our, to our boss to say, what's best for me in the way that I keep you in the loop or keep you updated? You know, some, some leaders are, you know, I'm, I'm a bullet point. Give me, give me three bullet points every week so I know where your focus is. Some want that, that, that pop in, that stop in to, you know, on a, on a, maybe a daily basis or every couple of days just to stay connected. Some leaders are email driven. They like to see things in writing. And, and I think it's so important to learn where your, where your leaders perspectives are, where their preferences are, because if particularly if it's not your approach, it takes a little bit of adapting and that takes some practice. Um, I use myself as an example. A lot of times I had a, a, an executive that I worked for um, when, when I worked in, in a, the hospitality industry and he was a bottom line kind of guy. Um, he, he was a bullet point kind of guy. Give me three things and, and don't go into a lot of the detail in the process. And he was a get to business kind of guy right off the bat in conversations. And early in my career, I didn't think about that. And I'm a, um, if anything, I am a how was your weekend kind of person and and the relationship part is so important to me. And so I would start every meeting with my leader, this executive in the company saying, hey, how was your weekend on a Monday morning? And he would say, fine. And because I am so relational, that didn't deter me. And so I would ask a question about, you know, did you do anything fun? And I needed that that level 
of engagement before we ever got to business. And, and it wasn't until another colleague witnessed that and they followed me to my office that very day and said, what are you doing? Did you know you're, I, I think you're ticking him off every time you do that. And oh my goodness, it was a light bulb moment for me because I was communicating to him the way I liked to be communicated with. And he wasn't a hard nose at all, but it was an order. If we were here for a meeting, let's get to business. And if we have time for the weekend chat, we'll do that at the end. And it was such a game changer to begin to understand his preferences. And I mean, Mac, I'm not kidding. It changed. It changed our whole relationship. So I think that's so critical for leaders to do. Um, Interestingly enough, I think that similar concept on a priority is important with our peers and our team as well. But I think it, it changes a bit. With our peers, you remember, that's our support system. And I, I think it's important for them with our, with our support system to say, you know, what do you need from my team? How can we best support you? Are there any roadblocks right now that you're experiencing that I need to be aware of? I mean, remember, perspective is everything. So as a new leader stepping into this role, they may not be aware of, of the irritants that may, or roadblocks that may be existing across the organization. And so you, you gain, um, you know, you, you gain respect. And, and I, what I believe is, is a new awareness from a peer when they hear this new supervisor asking those kinds of questions, it endears them to you. Um, it doesn't mean you necessarily act immediately on everything that they're sharing, but you've got to gain that perspective so you know how to proceed. Um, and then finally, I think that connection part that we're talking about with our team is really learning what makes them tick. You know, how do they work best? You know, I said earlier, everyone has a style. So do you have folks that love to try new things? Do you have folks that love to dig? They want to go deep into some of the issues. Do you have folks on your team that, that have this deep desire to grow um, and move up in the organization? You need to know that. Um, and asking those questions is, is an endearing moment for a leader because it, it most certainly shows I'm interested in, in helping you um, in your path with this company. That's a part of my job as, as your leader. Um, and to start that way really, really kicks the relationship off on a really strong foot. Um, equally, I think it's important for a leader, for this new leader to share with their team, what makes, what makes us tick? Um, you know, it's, it's those little moments of here's who I am. And um, it reduces a lot of frustration that can that can happen really in an unaware manner. Uh, so we're learning each other. So what are what are as a new leader? What are some of your um, you know your your tick buttons? What makes you tick and what ticks you off? So if you are if if you're a high level person, you like to work in those bullet points. It's great for your team to know that. Um, if you're not a pop in person, uh, meaning employees just say, "Hey, you got a minute." If that's not your preference, put some guidelines around that. Um, if if you are uh, you know if you're a social leader and you love to be connected, it's great to let the team understand that. So they're not afraid uh, to approach you in some of those manners. Um, but it's just real interesting. Th- those kinds of tips, a- again, think back in those 30, 60, 90 days. It's a process that you develop. But if you're intentional in making some of those connections, you're, you're, gluing, you're gluing the team together and you're, you're, you're creating a connection with your team that makes it sticky. Um, you're standing out to your new boss as, as a young leader who gets it um, and is being very intentional on, on, on finding success. Um, in the organization. And so those are some tips that I would have. Uh, you know, every every new leader 
for some leaders, I think that that's an energizing approach for others because we're all different may step back and say, okay, I've got to really create a game plan for that because those things may not come naturally to them. Um, but it's the relational side that I think is so critical for new leaders uh, to really plug into the organization at all three of those levels. Well, Kayla, thank you for that. Honestly, I wish I would have known you back in 1995 when I first became a supervisor because those three areas are, are things I never did take the time to do. I just tried to figure it out. So if you are listening to my podcast and you are a soon-to-be new supervisor, I hope you take notes. And if not, rewind this thing and play it again. So those are keys for success, Kayla. The last question I have for you is how will the new supervisor know if they're effective? Oh, wow. That really is a great question. Um, you know, you made a, a comment that you just made, Mac, was, you know, we, we, we forget about some of those dynamics that, that we were talking about on that previous question about the connections and, and forget that that's a vital part. And I think linking to the question that you just asked about how, how will a new leader know that they're effective? It really requires some intentionality around those things. Um, I, my my greatest desire for for a new supervisor is that they know they are they're in that role for a reason. Um, you know, organizations would not knowingly promote someone or hire someone if they anticipated failure. You, know, you think about that. There, there's a level of confidence or hope that we have in in promoting someone from within. We see something in them, or bringing someone from the outside because we feel they've got something that the organization needs to be successful. Um, and so my, my hope is always that a, a new supervisor doesn't forget that in the midst of being completely overwhelmed. And, um, and if, if that is their mindset, right, they're, they're being very intentional on knowing I'm here for a reason. So what are my, what are my marks of success? How do I know I'm being effective? And I think they've got to look at it from two perspectives. Um, the first is is performance. Remember, we, we talked about in, in one of those first questions of connecting with the, your, your leader early on to know what are the measures of success? Um, what are our critical success factors? What are our critical goals? And so for a, for a new leader to know if they're effective, one measure of that is, are we hitting those targets? Um, whether it's a revenue goal, whether it's a new, um, you know, we're trying to grow the network of the company in some way, so it's new connections. Is it an expense number that we're trying to monitor in some way? Is it a recruitment number that we're trying to hit? We're growing the team. Um, you know, is it the number of widgets that we're trying to make? You know, th those those are hard deliverables. There's a number attached to those or a ratio or a percentage. So on the performance side, uh, a new supervisor will know he or she is being effective if those are being met. Or we're, we're making progress toward them. That's measure number one, I believe. And and you, you find out those the answer to those by by talking to your talking to your supervisor, talk you know, looking at whatever those dashboards are in the organization and, and staying in touch with those. The second thing, though, I believe that's really important to make sure you know, am I being effective as that new leader? Are those cultural pieces that we talked about the relationships in th inside the company? Am I building an engaged team? So are they connected to what we're doing? Are they committed? Are they, um, are, are they doing what needs to be done? So I'm connecting with them. I'm coaching them. So do they see their team performing as they need to be? That's a sign of effectiveness. And if there are individuals who are not, that's the indicator to that supervisor that they've got uh, opportunities for feedback and some coaching that needs to occur. 
So how 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 are those connections? How how is the team interacting to meet those performance objectives? From from a peer standpoint, how strong you know, are the relationships with my peers? Do I know what some of their priorities are? Uh, do I know how our team is doing against them, uh, against those um, against those needs? So uh, a measure of relationship against peers. Um, in reality, for an organization to work well, every team has to be doing its job. So as a new supervisor, if my team's knocking it out of the park, but we're not helping the other areas of our of our organization or missing the mark in some way. So staying connected uh, with those peers and staying connected with the team helps them determine culturally are our relationships intact, resources in place, et cetera, that are helping us meet those performance targets. And I think for every, every new supervisor and not just the new ones, but the, uh, the longer term ones too, staying connected on those two measures um, will, will create success. Uh, they create success in the short term, and they most definitely create success in the long term. Well, you gave us a formula for success, and you gave us some metrics to shoot at, and I think my audience can really learn a great deal. Kayla, how can my audience reach out to you? Oh, thank you, Mac. We would we would love to talk to any anyone in your audience um, that has some even questions about some of the things that we've covered today, or want to explore some of these concepts a bit a bit in in more in depth because uh, there's a lot that could be unpacked there. And so, one of the best ways to find us is is through our website. You can find us at uh, organizationimpact.com. Um, and that's organization, not organizational. That can trip people up a little bit. So organizationimpact.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn if you want to connect with me uh, professionally through a network. And, and you can find me out there at Kayla Curry, K-A-Y-L-A-C-U-R-R-Y. Link me up. I would love to be um, a part of your network. Would love you to connect connect you with mine as well. Um, and or folks can just shoot me an email if they prefer, and you can reach me at Kayla K A Y L A at organizationimpact.com. Well, Kayla, thank you for taking time out of your busy work and travel schedule to spend the morning with us. Best of luck as you work this year to grow your business. And again, thank you so much for being a resource for my audience. Thank you so much, Mac. What a pleasure to spend some time with you today. Well, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. If you are listening to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, would you do us a favor and leave us a quick review? Positive ones, of course, are appreciated, but it really helps us get the message out. Until the next time we meet, please get out there and do your very best. We call that at Boss Builders, bossing up and bossing on. So until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up and boss on. Goodbye.